This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. I'm Christian, and when I was in high school, I kind of messed up. It was really dumb. Uh, in fact, it was so bad that I'm not going to tell you what it was. I didn't want anybody to know what happened because it made me feel embarrassed and really like a hypocrite. So eventually, I ended up telling my small group leader, and he said that Jesus doesn't just love parts of me, but he loves all of me. I learned that he loves me no matter how badly I mess up. And it really surprised me, but I felt so relieved. Listen, I get it. None of us wants everybody knowing our business, but I needed somebody to know my whole story, including what I've done, because it's not just a mistake or memory. It's personal. What? Whoa, whoa. What's up? How's everybody doing? We got a full room. It's exciting. Why are you sitting by yourself? You lonely? Do I need to come make you not lonely? <laughs> Everybody doing good tonight? Let me hear it. Everybody doing good tonight? Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So we got a little something different planned. Um, I got a short kind of Devo message and then we're going to move into our tribe community groups, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's something different than what we've ever done before, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And it's going to give you something in your own community that you can get excited about, form relationships with, and grow through your walk with Jesus with. Um, but before we get started, we've all kind of done something, Right? that we shouldn't have done. Like, there's something that we've all, we're like, oh, we're gonna do this, this should be fun, but I think I'm not supposed to do it. Or, I think I'm gonna go ahead and go do this, even though my parents have already told me that this is the opposite of what I should be doing. I kinda have a funny story of one time whenever I chose to do something that I wasn't supposed to. And I used to babysit my younger brother, um, he was only a couple years younger than me, but my parents never really trusted him to be home alone. And the number one rule whenever I was babysitting him was just don't fight with him. Like, you're not there to be his boss. You're just there to make sure that he doesn't get himself into trouble or whatever. But don't fight with him. Now, I had kind of an issue with that most of the times because me and my brother actually fought a lot. He got on my nerves 
um, he would tell you that I was just a jerk older brother, and I say he's the annoying younger brother. But regardless, there was this one time that I'm supposed to be, you know, watching him, taking care of him. I ordered pizza for us. I was being a good big brother. I got pizza delivered to the door, whatever he wanted. We were watching TV down there, and he said something that really ticked me off. And at this point, I don't even remember what it was, which makes this story even funnier. It obviously wasn't that big of a deal. But I told him to shut up, and he needed to go to his room like I was the dad. And he was like, you can't, you can't tell me what to do. You know what younger brothers do. You can't tell me what to do. You're my, young, you're my older brother, but you're not my dad. You're not my dad. <laughs> but regardless, he, he, was, he was just making me so crazy. It was ticking me off. So he said something like, then do something about it. You know, he was really trying to get me. <clears throat> so what I chose to do was, oh, I got a frog in my throat. You hear that? <clears> throat> What I chose to do was to pick up this piece of pizza that we were eating and slap him across the face with it. <laughs> and then he got upset and tried to run away, so I threw another piece of pizza at him. And then I, out of anger, just threw another one at the door for no reason. There was sauce everywhere. And at that moment, I was like, wow, I really screwed up. Like, how do you get around slapping your brother in the face with pizza like he has the sauce on his face to prove it I can't I can't do anything about it so I know my parents are going to be home soon I'm cleaning up the mess downstairs the best that I can and I just go into my room and I shut the door I just hide out I don't want them to know that I did it even though I know he's probably going to tell but it's, it's the least of my worries right then I'm just going to hide from him hopefully we can just get through the night we'll mess with it tomorrow but no, as soon as they got home, he went and he told them what I did. And being an idiot like I am, I still didn't clean it up very well. So there was still like a piece of pepperoni stuck to one of the dresser things on the side. And it was pretty easy to see what I did. But it's a funny story, but my initial reaction at the time was to go hide. And I think whenever you and I do something that we know we shouldn't, oftentimes that is our initial reaction is to just Go hide, hide away. The very first humans made this mistake as well. Their first reaction was to hide in the Garden of Eden. They found out about sin and they found out about everything that there was to know and then they found out that they were even naked and they hid from God because they knew they disobeyed him. And we all have this tendency not just, you know, to hide from our teachers, our social media followers, or our parents, but to hide from God, too. When we feel like we've disappointed God, we quit. We cut ourselves off from him. We quit talking to him. We don't go to church. We think if we hide away from it, then he can't call us out for something that we did wrong. And most of us have a pretty, pretty solid idea to how God reacts when we mess up, or at least we think we do. And it's easy to talk about God in theory, right? God's love in theory. Like we all hear about it, how great God's love is. But when we've messed up, things feel a little different on the inside. Things get personal, and it just feels really different. There's more to the story than all of that. 
And throughout this month, we've been talking about Jesus and Zacchaeus, and you guys have kind of heard this story by now. You've seen how Jesus invited him in and how Jesus was a loving friend to him. And like we said earlier, Jesus at the time of this story is already a super famous guy. But he pauses because of this guy, Zacchaeus, sitting up in a tree for, for something that makes no sense to us. Why would he stop for him? And as you know, Zacchaeus had this reputation for being such a bad guy. Especially, why would Jesus take any time to stop for anyone, let alone stop for him? And Jesus looks at this guy, this bad guy, and he basically, he just tells him to come down, and he's going to have dinner with him. We're going to throw a party for him. And the crowd was filled with people who, they felt like they had done all the right things. Like everyone around is like, I've done it right. Jesus is going to want to come have dinner with me. He wants to party with me. But he looks at Zacchaeus and says, no, I want to party with you. I want to have dinner with you. And this shocks them. They can't believe it. Jesus chooses Zacchaeus even before Zacchaeus decides to make right for all the wrong that he had done. Zacchaeus is hiding out in this tree, and Jesus says, I choose you even if right at this moment you're not choosing me. Jesus called his name knowing full and well exactly what he did for a living, that he was a tax collector, that he stole money, that he was a bad guy. And it was up to Zacchaeus to decide whether or not he would accept this love from Jesus that he was giving to him in the moment. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called his name. He said, get down quick, right? I must be a guest in your home today. And time after time in the Bible, we see that Jesus does things like this for people. He goes after the ones that you don't necessarily expect. Jesus looked at the worst thing that Zacchaeus had done and realized that there was still a great opportunity for him. That he could destroy those feelings of shame that Zacchaeus had, that you and I have, or even the guilt that Zacchaeus might have been living with. He didn't care about his past. He said, I'm here to give you a future. It says in Romans 8, 39, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, God's love isn't like this sliding scale uh, or it's not dependent on our behavior, how good we think we are or how bad we think we are. You don't wake up one day and God says, ah, I don't love you as much as I did yesterday because you did this. Or you don't go on to your next week and God all of a sudden decides he's done with you. It just doesn't happen. Look, it's personal because Jesus knows your potential. Just like he knew Zacchaeus' potential. He knew that Zacchaeus was a bad guy who did a lot of bad things, but it didn't matter. Because he had a big heart and he could change him for the better. God doesn't look at us differently just because we mess up, because you make a mistake. If he did, then we'd all be, like, it wouldn't be good for us. We can trust God with not just the parts of us that we do right, but also the parts that we do wrong. We can give that up to him and say, I get it, shouldn't have done it, but I know you still love me. 
But sometimes we allow ourselves to live in guilt or shame for the things we've done. I know I've been a victim of it. Probably every person in this room, at one point you've done something wrong and you let yourself just fall victim to this shame and this guilt. It eats you alive. It becomes your life. But you have a choice. Just like Zacchaeus had a choice the day whenever he was sitting in that tree, hiding out, trying to keep himself out of sight from Jesus. You can either stay in that tree, you can hide out, you can refuse to accept the love of God that he gives unconditionally to each and every one of you, or you can choose to believe God loves you no matter what, at all times, no matter what you do. Here are the two big things that you can do to kind of begin to grasp how big and wide and how deep and extraordinary God's love truly is. First of all, name it. What is it in your life that you're struggling with? Is it anxiety? Is it depression? Is it guilt? Is it shame? Is it jealousy? What is it? Name it. And then secondly, confess it. Give it up to God. Tell him exactly what it is that you're feeling on the inside that you feel like is keeping you separated from him. Because not only will he accept it, he will accept you. For who you are right where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did five minutes ago. What matters is God's love for you. And whenever you see that, it's freeing. And think about it this way. Who are you most like in that story? Are you like Zacchaeus? Are you like the guy who's hiding away in the tree, trying to keep himself away from Jesus or from people so they don't see what you've done wrong? Or are you like the people that are standing there watching Jesus choose Zacchaeus and you're like, no way, I've done it right this whole time. Why are we showing them attention? Think about it for a minute. And think about which one you are because both of those are not showing God's love unconditionally. It's not accepting his unconditional love. Look, there is right and there is wrong in the world that we live in. But that doesn't have to necessarily define who you are. We make right decisions, we make wrong decisions. It happens, right? But it doesn't necessarily have to be defining of you and your person. Like you need a group of people who you can tell your story to. You need people who know you personally, who live with you, who walk life with you. You need people who will love you when you mess up. And not only do you have God, but you have each other. And you may not always see it, and I get that, I'm not that much older than you, and it wasn't that long ago that I was in middle school and high school. And sometimes it feels like those people who are right next to you aren't necessarily there for you at all times. But that's what I want this to be about, these people in this room right now. Let's be here for each other. Let's be more than just going to school together, more than just, oh, yeah, that person lives in my town. Let's live life together. Let's walk with God together. 
And that's why we're starting this tribe community thing that we have going on. It's not because we want to throw something else at you that's, you know, something to take up your time or something that you can't go play volleyball or play basketball, play nine square, whatever it is. It's because we need people in our lives that walk with us. We need people that love us. We need people that know our story. And through this community thing, it may seem silly, you know, wear your school colors, come here. You're going to get in a group with the people that, you're in, that go to your school or go in your town or your county. But at the end of the day, these are the people that are next to you. And I think, and I truly do think, that we can change this whole community. We can change Southern Illinois. We can change everything that you see in front of you if we choose to love each other and to live together as a community. They're gonna see that group of people and they're gonna say, man, they're different. They're different. They love people. They treat people well. They walk with each other. They don't gossip about each other. They don't tell lies about each other. They don't kick people to the curb just because they're different than them. They just walk together. And they know that their purpose on this earth isn't for themselves, but it's to be a group and to be together. So after this, we're going to go into our tribe communities for a little bit. And it's just going to be a fun time. We're not going to make it a big deal. It's just going to be, you know, get to know you, play some games, hang out, and just have people around you that care about you and that want to see the best for you. Um, before I get too much into that, I just want every person in here to know, even when you don't feel like it, even when it doesn't feel like it's true, that God loves you, and he likes you. I know sometimes we say we love people, but we don't like them. God does both. God loves you, and he's with you no matter what. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for each and every person in this room. I really do. I appreciate all of them so much, and I love them dearly. I just pray that you'll be with us, um, that you'll allow us to realize that we don't need to hide from you, that we don't need to hide from each other, that you would give us the courage to share our stories, to walk together, to invite the people in who we don't necessarily feel like are like us. And most of all, Lord, I just pray that we will feel your presence and feel your love and that we'll accept it and we'll realize that our wrongs don't define us, that you love us each and every day no matter what we do. And I pray that each person in this room will feel your love and allow us to love each other the way that you love us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.